This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. The Amazing People Podcast with Sam and Duncan. Hello and welcome to the Amazing People Podcast. Uh, Sam and Duncan joining you. We had last week off, but we're back with another amazing person. A little bit different this time, Duncan, because this is a bit of a hero of sorts for you. Yeah, that's right, man. I remember it was a moment when I was very young. I was in uh, about 13 years old and I was trying to figure out whether or not I wanted to, you know, become a Christian. And someone gave me a book called More Than a Carpenter. And it was about a person who went on a mission to disprove the existence of God and along the way actually fell in love with him and became a uh, Christian. Mm. And I read that book cover to cover and I thought, man, if this guy who was so passionate about being against it is in, then I think I could probably be in as well. Since that moment, um, I obviously, my life completely changed. But also just kind of hearing how this guy's life completely changed was amazing now almost 44 years on since the first publishing of that book, this guy's written more, more than 151 books. He's an international speaker and author and apologist, which is a big word for someone who defends Christianity. And one of his books, which is called uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, is actually widely considered one of the 50 most influential books of the last 50 years. Whoa, that's huge. Now, in fairness, this is probably a little bit heavier conversation, a little bit denser than what we would usually do, but he really is an amazing person, and what he has to say is super important. Especially as we talked a little bit about COVID-19 and the fact that that has kind of changed our world. Um, So without further ado, here's our amazing person for this week, Josh McDowell. Good morning, Josh. It is a great morning, isn't it? An absolutely fantastic morning to be talking to you. I've got a question, though. It's challenging times, and it's been a challenging couple of weeks as kind of COVID-19 spreads around the world. How does Jesus fit into a narrative for a very kind of confused and anxious world? Yeah, one thing that never changes is that God loves you. And second, something never changes. He always provides us a way through things. And one of his greatest commandments is to love others as you love yourself. And most people can't find love. To find love is to uh, protect and provide out of Ephesians. And we are to love our neighbors and everything. And every time we stand six feet apart, we are loving people. Why? We are protecting them. This is a great motivation for me is to uh, do everything I can to protect my neighbor, everyone I come into contact with, whatever, to wash my hands and everything and to wear gloves so I don't transmit it to them. I have anything. But anyway, uh, the other part of a thing like this, the Great Commission to share Christ with everyone in the world does not have an interim point. It does not pause or anything when a virus like this spreads. It actually says people are more aware now and more alert to a message about Christ than they will be many times. And uh, so I set up my office. I'm uh, quarantined for six weeks by the governor of California. So I set my office up in my living room, and I got everything before me. And uh, I'm sitting down, and I'm waiting. Now, how can I impact people for Christ in the next six weeks when I am quarantined in my home? That's how Christ fits in. 
He gives us the strength to go through it, and we always know, no matter what happens, He loves us. Josh, on that, I mean, COVID-19 is all the world is talking about at the moment. It's all that people are focused on, and there's fear, there's panic. How can we share about a good God with people who really do need to hear about this good God at a time like this? Well, the way I share about a good God, I share my personal testimony. How everything I tried to write my first book, Evidence Against Christianity, make a big joke of it. And uh, I didn't really think God was good because people tell me that, you know, God is your Heavenly Father. Well, that brought pain to me because my earthly father growing up hurt me. And I thought fathers hurt. And so when people say your Heavenly Father loves you, that brought hurt and pain to my life, that joy and excitement. And what happened was, as I started to study the Scriptures, all of a sudden I realized, wow, my Heavenly Father is sure different than an earthly father, Hmm. and that he truly does love me. And, of course, I turned in and trusted him as Savior and Lord. And uh, that has brought me through almost every challenge that I have. And I think a message for anyone today is, are you secure in where you will spend eternity? Are you secure in it? Uh, Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Uh, what an opportunity for that. That's really good, man. I, I, I kind of was thinking along the lines, It was, I think it was the 90s when I first got my first Christian book, which was More Than a Carpenter, um, and it was kind of a real revelation for my faith to see somebody kind of working through the evidence practically and then getting to this undeniable com- conclusion that Jesus is real. Now, that's the 90s. I turn... Uh, I turned 40 in a, you know, a couple of days ago, and I think to myself... Happy birthday. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But uh, you're a little bit older than me, and you've been on the journey a little bit longer. How has your faith grown and changed since then? The thing about coming to Christ, you come to Christ in a point of time, but you don't become like Christ and experience it all overnight. It's a process, and... I think I can honestly say every week there's something that's affected my life for 50 years. Wow. And the biggest thing is, one, learn from others. Second, be vulnerable to others. The biggest thing I learned after coming to Christ was I need more than Jesus. I can't believe how many pastors preach. All you need is Jesus. All you need, that is so unbiblical, it's pathetic. And most people get upset with that. Some of your listeners will, because they won't listen to this. When it comes to my salvation, all I need is Jesus, not Jesus plus works, Jesus plus church or anything. All I need, he paid the complete price. But guys, almost everything after my salvation in my life, I need more than Jesus. What? Yes, I need the church. I need the body of Christ. I needed six men in my life. And in the scriptures, now I'm saying this off the top of my head, I think 193 times the Bible says one another or each other. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Love one another. Comfort one another. That's not you and Jesus. That's you and a brother or a sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's where so much growth comes from when 
We have people around us we can be vulnerable with, and they can speak truth into our life as we can speak truth into their life. And the other is to grow in the knowledge of the Scriptures in two ways. I really believe the more I've grown in understanding knowledge of why I can trust the Bible, I personally grow. Second, when I learn more about the message of the Bible, I personally grow. So that's how it's affected my life. Mm. One of the biggest areas now, I am so much more relational now than I used to be. I used to walk over people. When I, I mean, here's a big change in my life. Now, this might not be a change in you guys. But growing up, I had great political uh, objectives. I was going to become the governor of the state of Michigan and then a U.S. senator as it become a multimillionaire. <laughs> and I thought in politics, you kind of climb the ladder of success using people. Well, after I came to Christ, Without even thinking, this is what is exciting to me, without even thinking about it, I started thinking of other people first. Now what can I get, but what can I give? Not how can I use them, how can I be used? Hmm. And that was dynamic for me, guys. And and the thing is, I never thought that now i got to change my attitude about people. God changed my attitude about people. Hmm. And that's very significant to me. And then he changed me from caffeinated coffee to decaffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> you work quite closely with um, a university campus ministry called Power to Change here in Australia. I believe it's crew in the States. Why are you so passionate about being involved in that? Because one, it's different. Second, it's really biblically based. And third, it's compassionately aggressive. You don't wait around for people to come to you. That's absolutely crazy. You take the initiative. It, that's what I like. Not passionately aggressive. It's, it compassionately takes initiative with people. And that's what so many movements and ways of, of sharing Christ with others leave out, is that you need to passionately take the initiative with people. So that's why I like Power to Change. Plus, I like the name. In Christ, there is power to change. Mm. And whenever I refer to power to change, I said, could I have a moment to share with you my story? And I'll share with him how I got power from Christ to change. And then almost always, when I ask him, what's your story? Yeah, you're on a spiritual journey. What is it? And they almost always ask me then, well, what is your journey? And then I can bring in that through Christ, he has changed my life. But he first forgave me on my sins and gave me a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And then out of that came the power to change through the Holy Spirit. I would love to know, um, Josh, that you, I mean, you, you are an apologist, which means that you answer a lot of tricky questions about God and, and you do it well. Um, but I'd love to hear from you, uh, perhaps, like, is there been a question that's caught you off guard at some point that you, you hadn't expected that you'd be asked? You know, I'm sure there is, but I can't think of it right now, because the moment that is, when I walk away from that person, I go out and find the answer, and then share it with someone so it becomes part of me. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But one of the hardest questions I've had to deal with is the problem of pain, the problem of evil. Mm. Uh, I think I deal with it pretty good, but that I think to anyone, that's a challenge. 
the problem of evil and the other. I'm writing a book on this right now. I believe the number one apologetic in the world now is, now listen to this, guys, is God good? That's probably an apt question because I think a lot of people are asking those questions now. Well, a lot of questions, people aren't asking it, but boy, they've got it inside of them struggling with it. I got an email from a captain of the police force in Santa Ana, California, and she said, can you help me with my belief? I just cannot believe that God is good when he would allow his son to die on the cross. It's a fair question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so I'm doing a whole book on it uh, with one of my former interns. Can you give us the elevator answer? Like we're standing in an elevator, I've got 30 seconds. What's, what's your short answer? Well, the biggest problem is you have to understand who God is. Mm-hmm. See, people say we know God through his attributes. That's true. But what is an attribute? See, most Christians, even seminary graduates, guys I graduated from, kind of think you take all of God's attributes, add them together, and they equal God. Mm. That's absolutely false. Why? Because an attribute like God is love, God is peace, etc., God is faithful, that is not a part of God. That is who God is in his very nature. God of love is not a part of God. That's who God is in his very nature. Mm. So each attribute that God has revealed about himself in the Scripture is something that is true of him, not a part of him. And as a result of that, God can never exercise one attribute to the preclusion of another attribute. God cannot perform any reality inconsistent with his basic nature. Mm. Uh Because when God exercises one of his attributes, he cannot do that to the preclusion of his other attributes. For example, look how God got angry and threw them out of the temple, the money changers and all. That's so inconsistent. No, that's consistent with his nature. When he saw evil, etc., his very nature had to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Because that is who he is. Mm. Josh McDowell, it's been so good to speak with you. And, uh, yeah, again, we hope to see you in Australia once this COVID-19 pandemic is, is uh, safe to travel again. But um, thanks for joining us on Hope Breakfast. Really appreciate hearing you uh, and your story and your wisdom. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.